The closer you get to the light, the greater your shadow becomes. Tell me, can you spare a heart? What's up? Welcome to an awfully wonderful time. This is your favorite Heartless Speaking, and the door has opened to Kingdom Hearts. Welcome to my weekly Kingdom Hearts retrospective show, where we visit the good, the odd, and the supreme darkness of the Kingdom Hearts series. Today we have an article from Gamer Rant. Wait, Game Rant. There we go. I don't know where that extra R came from. This was actually published about three days ago, and this was written by Zachary Carnley. And the title, if you hadn't guessed by now by the whatever I titled this episode, Kingdom Hearts 4 should be the end of Sora and Riku's story. I have not read this previously, so I don't know what is going to be said in this article, but I am very intrigued by the reasoning behind this. I can already understand and think of what... The implications are, especially regarding the continually growing cast of this series. So I can kind of already guess what is going to be talked about here. But without further ado, let's dive in and discuss why this is a thing. <laughs> so the article goes on to say, despite how unlikely the core premise of Kingdom Hearts was from its onset, longtime fans have become intimately familiar with the story of main characters Sora and Riku. The two have sometimes been at odds, but have always harbored a connection that spanned multiple games. The franchise has become known for its famously convoluted storyline that spans hundreds of years within its lore. After serving as the main focus of the narrative, it could be incredibly satisfying for fans to see the story of Sora and Riku reach its conclusion whenever Kingdom Hearts 4 eventually releases. Video game narratives are famous for being extended beyond what many would consider a healthy lifespan. A character's arc can often be extended beyond the point of believability. Kingdom Hearts Sora has often been lumped into that category by many. While the original game set out a fairly simple path for Sora and the Keyblade, the subsequent games ended up creating an extensive lore that has both been a positive and a negative for the story as, of Kingdom Hearts as a whole. Throughout the history of visual mediums like, um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, sorry, I got distracted because there's another article that says Kingdom Hearts 4 could start a new legacy by ending the old one. And it's a, <laughs> the picture is of Sora doing that awkward cheese smile <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts 1. All right, so it continues saying, Throughout the history of the visual mediums like comics, cartoons, and video games, many of the best-received stories have been those with a degree of finality. Famous comic examples like The Watchmen and anime like Cowboy Bebop are largely made better by the contained nature of their stories. With Kino... Ooh, excuse me. I tried to keep that burp idle. I tried to keep it subtle, but it was like, nah, I must be heard. Alright, excuse me. So with Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy as a whole, drawing so much inspiration from Berserk and other Japanese titles that have, uh, that have, wait, 
that have a clear ending. There we go. It would serve the franchise well for Kingdom Hearts 4 to be the ending of the two fan-favorite Kingdom Hearts heroes. Kingdom Hearts spans a lot of games at this point. Almost all of those games focus on Sora and Riku, or one of the antagonists that operate either as a foil or a literal simulacrum? Simulacrum? I don't know what that is. For one of the two youths. Originally created as a junction between Kingdom Hearts' Disney and Final Fantasy roots, each hero has cemented themselves as individuals at this point. This is a large part of why seeing their journey reach its end would be very satisfying for many fans. While Sora and Riku have forged their own path, they also opened the path for many others. What's most interesting for fans of the franchise is how the most recent entry has set up a future steeped in its past. Kingdom Hearts Hearts 3's DLC ended with a direct reference to Tetsuya Nomura's most infamous project, Versus 13. After the reveal of Kingdom Hearts 3's secret ending, a tradition running since the first game, it seems like players might be passing the torch from Sora and Riku to Yazora in the next game. One way or the other, Square Enix will need to rectify the labors that Sora has completed by giving the character real respite. Sora has been through a lot in Kingdom Hearts, and giving him and Riku a true moment of rest in the next game could be critical to wrapping up the story in a satisfying way. The future of the Kingdom Hearts franchise is up in the air, but establishing a real ending to its first main arc could be key to the future of its narrative. Kingdom Hearts 4 has been confirmed, but it is not officially in development. I mean, it is. They just didn't make the announcement that it is yet. I'm sure Tutsu has already been working on the story. So technically it's in development, but not really. So that article is actually quite interesting and it does make sense. It's kind of. It makes a lot of sense because you want to make sure that these characters go on a high note as opposed to a drawn out. They, you want to make sure they go out with a bang instead of a, a whimper, so to speak. And it's a little tricky because at the same time, these characters are very, very beloved. And with the way the story is going, it seems like it possibly could finalize here. Um, and it's safe to say that, I mean, these characters have been literally going and doing since one, especially... Riku and Mickey and so forth like Sora got a year off he <laughs> he got a chance to, to sleep literally for a whole year Donald and Goofy too so he's pretty much well rested but Riku King Mickey um, and many others have been just going and doing since their inception so you know after Kingdom Hearts 3 they had a little bit of a break you know a little party at the beach but of course they are swiftly back to work finding Riku and as we know um, after Kingdom Hearts 3, the next story takes place about about a year after when they kind of figure out where Sora might be. Um, what we find out with the ending to Melody of Memory, Riku, with the fairy godmother's help, finds out that his visions or his dreams are of where Sora is in a, in a in quadratum. So the I think that would be a very nice semi finale for the two for them to take kind of a break and we kind of maybe do something with the Azora. but i don't feel like 
taking these characters away would be the best move because they're both young. They've both been appointed. Um, they've both been appointed Keyblade Masters at this point. And there's clearly some crazy stuff still happening. We still have the darkness situation that needs to be rectified. We have to figure out what the Master of Masters is doing. We still have Maleficent and Pete happening. And it's possible that this stuff may be squashed in four. You know, we have no idea how much craziness could happen in four. So do I think all of it can be finished in four? No, because we still have so much story to, to develop. We still have so unanswered questions we have to figure out either in four or onward. What's in the box? What's in the box? Um, with the Master of Masters is planned. We have the whole deal with Vin's backstory, Lorium's, um, pretty much the surviving people from the fairy tale era, or the Unchained Key era, I should say. And then we have Yuzora's whole story. What is what is his purpose and all of these things, and what is his connection to Sora? Because at the moment we still have that, then we have um, Patient X. So there's still plenty of uh, to be addressed. I the way no, no, the way Namora writes his stories, I don't think he's going to try and have all of this resolved in four. Now I could be wrong. I could be, um, but we don't really know enough about Yuzora yet to f see if he could possibly possibly be the next person to carry the Kingdom Hearts torch. Now I'm not saying him being the main character. Um, or at least I'm not saying he would replace Sora because I feel like with Sora and Riku being at their youth still, Kairi being at their youth, I feel like they would still, it would be weird if they're kind of just not there anymore. I feel like they would definitely take a break maybe for a game, depending on the, the seriousness of the issue. But based on who these characters are, it would make sense for them to sit out a major incident. Especially Sora. Sora is going to want to step in, especially when any friend is in peril or a possible friend like Yuzora, even though technically Yuzora is not making a very good first impression on Sora right now, regardless of what ending you have, whether it's the losing ending or the winning ending. So there's that. And the I, I'm trying to think how they could even end their story. The only the only way I could see it happening is if they just step back from being main characters. I I feel like they would still have to be involved in the story to some degree, regardless of um, what's happening. And with that too, Tetsuya did say that he always wants Sora to be the main character, at least to some regard. You know, of course, with BBS and three five eight those were exceptions because there there were other stories that connect to everything that he had to tell. And I feel like Kingdom Hearts 4 may be that same thing where, yes, we are working on saving Sora, but there's still the whole issue with whatever Yazora is going through. And say what you will, I feel that whatever Nomura had planned for Versus 13, he is going to pretty much make it a thing for three but you know kingdom heartsify it and i don't blame the guy i mean we had a whole game without final fantasy i think 
we deserve some more Final Fantasy. <laughs> so I, I'm perfectly happy with him trying to do that in, in 4. Is he doing that? I mean... I think it's pretty obvious with how he's handled Yuzora so far, or Vamrex in general. Um, is it a bad thing? No, because he was kicked from a project he was very deep into. So not being able to see the story he wanted to unfold, yeah, I would I would have it in, in the next Kingdom Hearts game. I mean, it's not like it's not going to fit. I mean, Kingdom Hearts is Disney and Final Fantasy. I never want to have another game that doesn't have Final Fantasy in it. So, yeah, I think this is a step in the right direction. Now, um, I guess the only other thing they could do is to, like, jump into the future where Sora and Riku are retired. Maybe they're teaching the next generation of Keybladers. And this would be a cool opportunity to, to do kind of like a Union X Unchained Key type deal where you get to create your own character, maybe an offspring of the character of um, Sora, Riku, Kairi, Namine, whatever. And or maybe they're just pupils in general and you get to do your own thing. It's kind of a shout out to one of the. Um, and not Ansem reports. Oh yeah, yeah, Ansem reports. I was thinking of someone else for a second. Uh, shout out to one of the earlier episodes of the Ansem Report podcast, where they talked about um, potential Kingdom Hearts games they would want to see, like an Ansem, not an Ansem, like a a, a Lee and Isa game where we kind of find out their origins with trying to find Patient X. Um, one that Addison pointed out was having a Kingdom Hearts MMO where it takes place like years and years after, you know, Sora does his thing and saves everybody. And, you know, we're the next generation. So as badly as I would love to have a Kingdom Hearts MMO, you know, create your own character, whether it's like a Sora character or it's like a, a I mean, let's be honest, who wouldn't want to play as a as a goofy like character, like, you know, goofy with a Keyblade? <laughs> that would be amazing. I would love that. But I think that would be something cool to do. And I'm not saying just strive in that direction completely, but maybe do a side thing. So you have this as a side project. You can continue soar in, in their story. I think that doing another project alongside Sora and Riku and Kairi's story would be great. And still give these outings where you play as other characters. I think that is the perfect way to branch from Sora and Riku and really get to expand on these other characters that we really, really love. Um, I wouldn't mind having, I would love to have a game where we maybe focus on Lee and Isa's search for Patient X and one where we focus on Yazora and... Who else is there that has unfinished stuff? So focusing on them, Ven's backstory, Lorian, focusing on all of them. And like I said, I mean, this all could happen in four or it could not. And we could get like more side games. But I think that'd be the best way to handle it. Have games outside of that and just keep doing those too. And not solely focus on Sora and Riku's story anymore. But that kind of pains me to say that because I, I I want my boys to keep coming back, you know, but I don't want them to have the Ash treatment, the Ash Ketchum's treatment where they never, I mean, clearly they do, they are aging, so they already have a one up on Ash Ketchum, but I want them to go through life and actually keep growing and 
you know, I want them to be adults, honestly. I want them to be fully grown, honestly, by the time maybe four or even five comes along. I think that would be phenomenal because one of the things that's so awesome is growing up with these characters and they grow with you. That is such a wonderful thing to to have. And it's not like you can't go back and experience other games. And I'm not saying like make them 50 or 60 in the next game. I mean, like, you know, maybe they're 18, 20 or so forth in the next game. I mean, look at Riku. He he's what is he? He's like 18 now, technically, because what what is he? He was he was 15 in Kingdom Hearts 1 and then he's 16 in um, 2. And then three happened shortly after two. So Riku has to be like, he's 17 going on 18 at this point. And then Sora and Kyrie are, are they 16? Yeah, because they're a year younger than him. So they're 16 going on 17. So if we keep going the route we're going, like each game has a time skip, a relatively nice time skip. So going in this path, you know, they're, they're, they are aging. So it's good to see that happen. So I think this would be really interesting, but I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on what kind of side stories would you like to see happen outside of what Sora and Riku are going through? Because we do have a lot to deal with. I mean, not just what's in the box, but uh, not just with Master of Masters, but we do have the four tellers back and who knows what they're going to be doing. Um, because technically the role that Lushu played, isn't it done now? Or is it done when he meets back up with the Master of Masters? I think it's, I don't know. I, I can't remember. I know his role was bringing the box and the keyblade through time so the master of masters could like see everything and it looks like they're not that far from reuniting and same with the foretellers so but the crazy thing is the way the ending happened is it's it's pretty obvious at this point that the foretellers are probably going to be one with the darkness because they need to have a tangible form to be killed so they might be uh that might be their new role, unfortunately, which is pretty sad. But, I mean, it's for the greater good. But another thing, too, is, you know, Sora is not going to stand for that above everything else. He's going to be stern about it. Like, we shouldn't have to sacrifice these lives to fight and destroy the darkness. So I, it's going to be really interesting. I really want to see what this has to do with everything. I want to see what Sora's card that he got from uh, Luxord, what that's going to be about. Um, I definitely want to see more about what um, Maleficent and Pete want to do. And I, I keep saying this in other episodes too, but dude, can we get Max and PJ? I mean, come on. I, I want to see evil PJ or at least like a, <laughs> I want to see like a Dr. Evil type deal. With uh with his son like that where PJ is like eh you're not really evil you're just some kind of you're unsuccessful minion and then eventually he turns to this to the bad side and he's like more evil and more successful than Pete it'd be really funny um 
I guess it'd be, I don't know. I mean, because PJ's never really, he's never been painted as a bad guy. He's always been, a, he's always been painted as a comrade to Max. And I guess it'd be a little sad to see him like that. Because with Pete, most of the time he's a bad guy. The only times he hasn't been a bad guy is in the Goofy movie. An extremely Goofy movie. Like every other time you see him, he like teeters. Like he's main, he's never really been a good guy except for like when he was in the Steamboat Wheelie World, Timeless River, and that was temporary. Um, and every other game, he's been a bad guy basically. In Epic Mickey, he was a bad guy. Um, in the House of Mouse, he was wait, how, how involved was he in the House of Mouse? Well, anyway, he's typically painted nine out of out of ten when you see Pete, he's a bad guy. But with PJ, he's only really been in the Goofy movie. He's been in the um goof troop show and i believe that's been i know max is considered canon in the new goof troop cartoon or or is it a goof troop cartoon there's some no 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 it's um ah crap i forgot what that new cartoon is that just came out it's like a remaster not a remaster it's a they came out with wow I'm just going to leave that there because canonicity doesn't really matter because Max exists in the movies and Kingdom Hearts wants to focus on the movies. So there you go. So I think another cool idea would be honestly just recruiting more Keyblade wielders because the I think actually dealing with the whole idea of what it means to have a keyblade and since there are many people i mean what i mean is with the new people getting the keyblades like lee and um kairi to be the to complete the seven guardians of light so they could fight the 13 darknesses it makes me wonder if they'll ever be more keyblade wielders so will we have a point where we'll have as many keyblade wielders as we did once back way back when in the fairy tale days or is it not that way because we run the risk of another keyblade war because people are pretty much prone to fighting because of this and that um is history forced to repeat itself because of what happened in the past or because what we have, we clearly have wielder. There's keyblades of darkness and there's keyblades of light. There's so many keyblades out there. So it, it would stand to reason that even though the darkness isn't necessarily bad, it's, it's who lingers in the darkness and how close you are tied to the darkness is what really matters so we find that out later that it's darkness has to exist with the light they have to coexist otherwise there's chaos so i think it would be interesting to start to develop more keyblade wielders of the dark to kind of maybe replace the evil the 13 darknesses so i wonder if exploring things like that would be a nice other continuation to the Kingdom Hearts series. And maybe they start bringing in new Keyblade wielders and training them at the Land of Departure. 
where it all began essentially as far as the next generation of keyblade wielders because after the unchained key days there were it was as we saw the only wielders that were around were um mickey xehanort ericus because yen said at this point was is no longer technically considered a keyblade master so we have um the next generation that came after that which was terra Vin, and aqua and that was it there were no other keyblade wielders so excluding vanitas but he's oh no he was a he was, he was a darkness himself so i guess i should come i should include him because he did have his own keyblade technically so i think it would be really cool because we we had riku who walked the road to dawn in between both light and dark he was able to wield both so exploring more characters like that would be really cool because terror is another example of that he just wasn't able to wield the darkness like riku was um he was able to come back from losing his body while well with the help of sora and donna goofy realizing that kingdom hearts is light while zane well and um yeah throwing out all these names while um tara was kind of just you know stuck as a puppet for over 10 years but I think having like a, a new academy of Keyblade wielders like Luke Skywalker style would be really, really interesting. And I think delving into those elements of what it means to be a Keyblade wielder, what's the risk of bringing more Keyblade wielders into the mix because of, you know, the 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 issue of both light and dark. And obviously there are going to be people who want more power and then it leads to the dark side it does that was a horrible Yoda impression but I'm okay with that because it's clear too that the heartless aren't ever going anywhere anytime soon darkness is within every heart and as we saw even if we don't interfere intervene in these worlds some just are going to have these issues so it's fortunately there's never going to be an issue of okay what kind of world can we go to that has these issues because as long as disney puts out those movies pixar puts out those movies we got some awesome potential for some more development so there's my next question what kind of character what kind of new character would you guys like to see become a keyblade wielder or do you think we have enough story to tell with these other characters first but for me i'm talking more so outside of what is going to happen with you know outside of kingdom Hearts 4 and obviously kingdom Hearts 5 because like i said i don't think this is all going to happen in 4 um honestly i would like to see like i would like to see more disney characters come in the mix like max and pj i want to see i did talk about this on my other episode with um the future of Kingdom Hearts, where we were, what if we introduce more Disney villains? And I think what I'll do, since this episode is kind of short, I think I will add this to um, the second part of this episode. So that way it kind of fits more. Um, but I think 
adding I, I really want to see the goof troop characters in here i want to see pete's wife and how he feels about <laughs> what this doofus has been doing this whole time i think that would be really great um i would love to have lightning come in from final fantasy uh what was that 13 and I'm trying to think who other final fantasy characters would be cool to bring in hmm because I want to, I definitely want to see some more original characters come in. But it's tricky to say that because there's we have so many awesome characters to explore. So I think for I think we're pretty good on characters for a while. But with the characters we have right now, it would be hard to not include Riku and Sora because of course they're going to be want to they're going to want to be involved with their friends after they take a, a little bit of a rest to recoup after after the craziness that was the Xehanort saga. But I think bringing in some <laughs> some other characters like, uh, I don't know, maybe some characters from Disney Castle. I think that's where we obviously have to have um, Max, PJ, and um, his wife. Who else would be cool to bring in? I, I guess maybe some more people from the Goofy movie. Uh, Roxanne would be cool. Dude, imagine if we got to play as Max and Roxanne. And Kingdom Hearts. Would that be going too far? I mean, they're beloved characters, and it's a shame that we never really saw Roxanne again after a Goofy movie, which leads me to believe that they didn't work out, or maybe they're just long distance, and I mean, honestly, they probably just didn't work out. I mean, yeah, he and her had a date in the House of Mouse cartoon, but I don't know. I feel like we rely too much on canon sometimes, and should just enjoy the story but part of me is like is it canon to the movie are they still together because i mean they're just such a cute couple <laughs> and that's the other thing too is with kingdom hearts you got to have a character with a keyblade i think every game you have to have the lead character have a keyblade it would it would be really weird to not have the main character with a keyblade so Ah, that's the tricky part is clearly Yazora doesn't have a keyblade and I it's obvious he's going to have a major role in four but I'm I'm pretty certain at this point we're going to be playing as him but I really wonder to what degree I, I it's obvious that we're going to be playing a sword too as he's figuring out where he is and his dealings with obviously the master of masters we should be dude I really want to play as Lushu. We need, we need, 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 need to play as Lushu, especially now that he has the no-name Keyblade in his midst. Oh yeah, that's going to be really, really cool. Um, I don't know what he would do though. Like, I wonder what they're going to be doing during this, but I guess it's just dealing with the, um, with the darkness. So, I gotta figure out where Ava is. Or did Unchained Key resolve that? I don't remember. I gotta look at it again. There was so much craziness in that ending. But, hmm. I, you know, that's another thing too. That is another perfect way to uh, do things is we need a remake of Unchained Key and Dark Road. Dark Road should obviously be the prologue, the or not the prologue, because I'm sure Dark Road's going to be meaty. Um, 
But I think we should get a remake like Final Fantasy VII style, where it's a complete re- remastered game, where it's re- where it's redone in the in the in the modern Kingdom Hearts style. We get to create our own character, fully voice acted, whether it's a female or a male character. We have all the customization because the customization is so good in that game. I really wish we got to have that in three. Zero point two was pretty cool with the customization so hopefully they do bring that back i'm still bummed that we didn't get that in three because i'm like dude you guys technically downgraded yourself not involving that in three but i think that would be the best thing to do is add in the remaster or remake i mean and that way because it's such a it's such an awesome experience and it shouldn't be exclusive to the phone anymore i feel that we as players should be able to experience this awesome game, this awesome game experience on a modern console, fully voice acted, get to see all the characters rendered in their gloriousness. Because some of the characters we haven't, actually, have we seen them all? No, because we haven't seen, we haven't seen Xehanort and we haven't seen some of the Dark World characters. I mean, we haven't seen some of the Dark World characters rendered in that glorious um, Kingdom Hearts um, modernized look. So I think that's one of the best routes to go. Um, ideally, it would be perfect to have that release before Kingdom Hearts 4, but since that's clearly not happening, um, I wouldn't mind having it right after 4, honestly, or even, dude, in in the perfect world, could you, in a perfect world, could you imagine these both releasing simultaneously? Or just like, as a secondary disc, because clearly that would be too big of a game to include with four, but just like having, I don't know, um, what would you even call that? Because it'd be Kingdom Hearts four packaged with the game of, um, it would be packaged with Unchained Key and Dark Road. So I don't know what you would call it, but it would just be like Kingdom Hearts four X. Unchained Saga. I don't know. Something crazy. <laughs> it would be it would be Kingdom Hearts 4.2 knowing knowing Nomura or Kingdom Hearts 4 slash back cover road to darkness. <laughs> Prologue sequel trilogy. Uh okay. I think I, I think that's all I have with this um part of the episode. So I hope you enjoyed this kind of thing I had going on um, talking about other potential things we can do with the series um, but yeah uh, I agree partly with that article I think for sure Sora and Riku should not be protagonists um, all the time I mean clearly they haven't been in all the games but I think they definitely should take a back seat a little bit more as we go along here after you know Sora saved everything so we can have a chance to really bask in the other awesome characters that we have in this series and I'd say that it should be a treat where imagine if we we have moments to still play as the characters imagine if we're playing as this new character they're doing their thing that out of nowhere Sora comes in like hey what's up and we get to play as him again you know how hype that would be him and Riku and Kyrie just coming in and doing their thing but it's like Sora Donald and Goofy are so iconic at this point 
or they've been so iconic ever since one, I should say, it's going to feel weird not having them together, but I'm dying to have a Sora, Donald, and Kyrie trio too. So, uh, but it's like there's so many different alternatives we can have. But I think always bringing those two, to, I think always bringing those three together for a good portion of the game is something that should always happen. Because, dude, they're, these guys, let's be honest, these guys are unstoppable. <laughs> they literally, there's nothing they, these three cannot do. And let's be honest, you think these three are crazy? Just wait until Kyrie finishes her training with Aqua. When her, Sora, and Riku team up for the, for the first time together, all three of them, hands down I think they'll be able to take down anyone and that's going to be amazing to see (laughs) so this is the curtain call for this part of the episode the door to darkness well I said it wrong the door to kingdom hearts is closing for now but never forget there may be darkness in every heart but kingdom hearts is light so TTFN, ta-ta for now, and enjoy the next part of this episode, which will be the episode where we talk about um, how Disney villains could be incorporated in the future of Kingdom Hearts, involving Judge Doom, um, Turbo from Wreck-It Ralph, and so on. And I would love to hear your thoughts on other Disney villains you think could fit in this criteria and what else we could have in future installments. And you'll be hearing that shortly after a word from our sponsor. Enjoy. What's up? So what if Sora lost to Ansem during the final confrontation of Kingdom Hearts 1? That is a very scary thing to think about, but a very interesting topic. And regarding that, I have a sidebar that is Kingdom Hearts related, of course. That I wanted to talk about before we jump into the this uh, would have story that I thought of, and what could have happened afterwards if Sora did lose to Ansem. There is something different about Kingdom Hearts One that makes it really stand out among the rest of the series, from the antagonists being almost exclusively Disney villains to just the aesthetic. It's a grand experience. I mean, they all are, but Kingdom Hearts One has that specialness to it for many reasons from nostalgia to be it being the first outing and the side note I was thinking of regarding this was it's concerning us what if a second order of villains was to break out and what would they what would the group consist of what would their whole thing be because I was thinking about this and thinking Man, Kingdom Hearts 1 really used a lot of heavy hitters. They had Ursula, Oogie Boogie, Captain Hook, um, Jafar, Maleficent, and... Was that it, actually? I feel like I'm missing someone. I mean, Riku, but he wasn't. he's not really a Disney villain. But you get my drift. They used a lot of very strong characters, and they're very prominent. They're, they're the most popular uh, Disney villains... You know, if you were to slap um, a bunch of Disney villains on a mug, you know, you would often think those characters. 
And don't get me wrong, there are plenty of others out there, especially nowadays. But it was an interesting thing to think about because doing another group, you would have to try to do your best to make sure they're not as... uh, They're trying to make sure they're not really copies, to kind of make them stand out a bit more than this other group and make it worth the reasoning of actually having them as a group and overall just make it an experience. So I was thinking, what would they have to do to make another group of villains kind of stand out? And don't get me wrong, I with the whole series... They all, they all had their own thing, and after a while, it, it made sense with the direction they went, why the Disney villains aren't as prominent as they were before, and you don't want to be like a broken record where it's kind of the same story told and told again. And I hate to be that, I hate to say it like this, but yeah, I, I'm kind of glad Kingdom Hearts didn't really go the Legend of Zelda or the Mario or even Mega Man sort of path where... It's the same bad guy every game. And yes, technically Xehanort was the bad guy every game. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh no. Oh no, I just realized he really was the bad guy every game. <laughs> okay, um, let me rephrase what I was saying. Um, and granted, like the Legend of Zelda and Mario have handled it in different ways and you know, it's not every single game they're the bad guy, but it's kind of like that. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, the same kind of motive, the same thing over and over again. Where imagine if the Disney villains just kept coming back. It's like, yes, we want darkness. Yes, we want darkness. You know, that sort of thing. I hope that makes sense. I hope it didn't offend, any, offend anybody because that was not what I was trying to get at. <laughs> I'm saying I would like to not have the uh, repetitiveness or the, the cliche. I, w- I would like that to be at a minimum. And I know there's only so much you can do, but hear me out. But yeah, I love all those games I referenced. And the stories are fun, but I really hope that made sense what I just said. And if not, maybe it'll make sense as I continue talking about this. But anyway, so with this... I figured that they would pretty much have to start dipping into more of the live action and Pixar sort of uh, side of things. Because while there are plenty of villains left over, I don't really feel like they would be Kingdom Hearts available. Where it would make sense for them to be anything outside of their world. Um, Or pretty much someone who would be... I don't know. I guess I guess I would just I, I I'm trying to think of the right words for it, but essentially just trying to find characters that would fit. Like for instance, Shere Khan would be interesting, but I don't really see him. His, like the motives, it's hard finding the characters with motives that make sense enough to join up with others. You know, uh, Shere Khan from the Jungle Book or Miss, whatever her name is from the Black Cauldron or um, Corella DeVille, like, these other characters, you know, they are villains in their own right, but it's like, would they even make sense to be a whole villain, unless they were turned into a heartless, you know, that would make, that'd actually be kind of cool, and that actually connects to, 
uh, the idea that I had. So let's not waste too much more time here because the meat of this episode is actually the what if story, but yeah. Um, I would love to hear your ideas as well. Like if you have any uh, ways that characters that they haven't been used yet, how you would like to have them introduced in the series and um, pretty much what you could do is you, if you wanted to be featured on a podcast where I talk about it, um, send me a DM on Instagram, uh, i.escape.i, and, or you could include it in your ratings on Apple Podcasts or whatever other uh, place you're listening to this that allows uh, ratings, or send me an email at nicklucknl at gmail.com with the subject, what if Sora lost? So, as much as I do love the organization, the OG, and the true version, I would love an inclusion of Disney villains on the level the first game had once more. Um, some contenders that could bring a fresh taste, including use outside of their worlds or even um, even just the world in general, but like a mixture of the two, where it's not just ex- where it's not just um, ex- exclusive to the world, I should say. Um, for instance. You know, we had Jafar. Actually, a lot of the characters were kind of exclusive to their worlds. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example who wasn't really. I guess Maleficent, because we we fought her in Hollow Bastion. You know, that was kind of her headquarters, but her original one was the Sleeping Beauty world, whatever, Enchanted Dominion. But I guess it's not really the best example, but it is an example. So. Because we never really fought any of the, any of the other characters outside of their home world, so there's that. All right, so I'm thinking that to the future of Kingdom Hearts, this would be very cool. And part of me kind of wants some sort of scenario where Judge Doom, yeah, you heard right, Judge Doom from the um, who who framed Roger Rabbit movie, perhaps. Instead of, for instance, um, instead of him killing tunes with the dip, it actually turns them into heartless that he could command. Um, he somehow was able to manage to create a darkness on the level of a pure blood heartless, and it's it's something he was able to create just pure darkness instead of it being the dip. You know, just the 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 darkness in his own heart. He was able to manipulate that and make it something more. Uh, make it something that he, he could actually that uh, something that was actually malleable so yeah i mean in the movie he wanted to just destroy toontown to make a freeway and it was just something for him to make money but i mean think about it this way he's crazy enough to kill all these tunes he's he's just a mindless killer he doesn't really care who he care he kills he doesn't i don't think he, the movie showed him care for anybody, honestly. So I feel like he would be a really interesting character because even though we don't really see Maleficent caring for anyone either, I feel like Judge Doom would kind of be like... So I think I think uh, Judge Doom would kind of be like the carnage of the Kingdom Hearts universe, for, you know, the carnage symbiote from Spider-Man. And I'm thinking, like, if he was able to get a hold of the darkness in this sort of fashion... It would change his mind to a much bigger picture. Um, something along the lines of gathering more heartless to feed, to open up the pathways to all worlds, kind of like the freeway thing, and to feed on the planets that don't pay. He's kind of doing what the heartless 
have been doing, but he is kind of he. I'm trying to think of a way where it's not the Mass Effect scenario or uh, the Maleficent scenario where he's where she's being manipulated by Xehanort in the long run or Ansem, aka. I kind of want something different to happen with Judge Doom. I kind of want him to be his own darkness where he's not being manipulated by anybody. He legitimately controls the darkness. Um, but I do. I would like some kind of twist to happen at some point with this character. But like I said, this is early on. I don't know what it would be just yet. And man, we are running longer than I thought I would with this. <laughs> I'm going to have to title this something different. Um, but yeah, so... I think something like this would be really cool and it's a little rough, but the tent, but the potential I think is really there. And I think we could really have a ball with this. Um, other characters I actually would like to incorporate would be the red queen from Tim Burton's Alan, uh, Alan. Wow. From, Ooh, excuse me. From Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. And of course, judge doom from who framed Roger Rabbit as like the main antagonist. Uh, the Shadow Blot from Epic Mickey, uh, King Candy from Wreck-It Ralph, Emperor Zerg from Toy Story 2, Syndrome from Incredibles. Those are some that I would love to, like, th these are characters I would need to have in the story. So, I think I'm going to leave it for, from, uh, I think I'm going to leave it there. I think the idea is essentially, even if all these characters wouldn't really work together at all because they have their own motives... I think Dr. Doom, Dr. Doom, wow, Judge Doom <laughs> would have something where he just is able to control anyone who has enough darkness in the heart and manipulate it and kind of grow it to the point where he's like, okay, you're my puppet now. So he has all these bad guys, uh, you know, who's working for them. Like, it's kind of like Xehanort where he's manipulating them, but he's not, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. We'll work on it at another point. So, it's been like 12 minutes already. Good Lord. All right, let's just go into what if Sora actually uh, lost against Ansem. But hey, at least it was Kingdom Hearts related, and I hope you enjoyed that uh, little tidbit that I'll uh, expand on at a later point. So, without further ado, here we go. Sora has proven time and time again that his friends are his power. That even when he is alone in a fight, his heart, his power, is never without them. But what if the relentless chaos that was the end of the world, Ansem and his remarkable power with the darkness proved to be too much for Sora, Donald, and Goofy? Sora had come a long way from Destiny Islands. The Keyblade and his newfound friends helped show him his true potential. But, when darkness and light clash, the playing field isn't always even. Don't get me wrong, Sora, Donald, and Goofy fought valiantly. Even when Ansem's heartless fortress tried to divide and conquer, they pulled through. But, this is not that story. In this alternate timeline, and don't worry, it won't be too dark for very long, spoiler alert, the divide and conquer was their undoing. And by too dark, I'm, I'm going to keep it like how Kingdom Hearts would be. I wouldn't, I'm not going to go crazy, oh, M-rated stuff. No, it's going to be the same kind of level of um, Kingdom Hearts that we tend to expect, but it, you know, it's going to get dark here and there, as Kingdom Hearts 
tends to do. So there we go. It wasn't just that, though. The end of the world wore them down. Every step was a clash with the darkness as it seemed to grow more and more vicious. Sure, Aqua could survive ten years of this type of madness, but she was a Keyblade Master. They fought at a disadvantage. The odds were in Ansem's favor. Three embers and a whole world of darkness. The cold embrace of darkness slowly but surely enclosed them and would snuff out their lights. But how did it get to that point? And what would this mean for the future? Here's what I think would happen. Come on, Sora. I thought you were stronger than that. Riku teased in a desperate hope to ignite the dwindling flame that existed in Sora's heart. He was tired, battered, and bruised. His friends, brothers in arms, were swallowed by the ship via some strange portal as he had been falling into the dark abyss below. Riku's voice wasn't the only one he heard as, he's, as his descent chilled his body. Kairi's voice followed. It's my lucky charm. Be sure to bring it back to me. Don't ever forget. Wherever you go, I'm always there with you. I'm always there with you. I'm always there with you. It repeated on and on in Sora's mind. An Ansem's intimidating declaration of Darkness conquers all worlds! The fear Sora had simply was nothing more than fuel for his courage to fight on. Not just for his friends, but for everyone. For the light. He propelled himself up, keyblade in hands, as his fiery eyes met the malevolent insanity that made up Ansem's. Lots in combat, neither held back. Unfortunately for Sora, Ansem did not fight with honor. With honor, excuse me. Intense beams of energy violently flared around them, aiming for Sora in any direction they could. The artillery of the fortress fired homing plasma from most directions you could think of. And of course, more heartless. Despite this all, Sora had put Ansem in a weakened state that required him to retreat into the fortress to heal. Sora's vision was fading in and out from fatigue. His chest was on fire. It was only then did he realize shortly after a portal below, a similar portal that Donald and Goofy fell into, had opened up. It had to have led to them, trap or not. He had to risk it to find his friends. Sora! He could hear Goofy call out to him, but his voice didn't sound right. He found himself in a room darker than the outside, with a red neon Heartless emblem along the floor. Surrounded by the dark ball Heartless, they parted in front of him, revealing Goofy shrouded in darkness. His eyes were yellow, a smile that looked unnatural and too wide. With his shield that had a similar disturbing face on it, like the dark balls, Goofy, no, no, no way! Sora exclaimed, taking a step back. 
Thundaga! commanded Donald. Sora's body locked from the overload as he fell to his knees. The electricity crawled all over his body while he gasped for air, struggling to breathe over the pain. As soon as his body allowed, he rolled away, just enough to gain his footing again. There, Goofy was already within arm's reach like a spinning top. Sora blocked as Donald stepped closer, revealing his new dark form similar to Goofy's. His hat resembled the wizard Heartless, his wand long and jagged with long talons. Up his wand went as he called out, Gorviga! Sora fell... Sora felt the full power of Donald's magic against him. It was frightening. But even more frightening than that was what happened to his friends. His feet sunk into the floor as he fought, the gravity pushed down on him unbearably. Wind! Sora yelled, casting it out just in time for him to break free and swing away at Donald, almost hesitating too much. Sora managed to knock Donald's wand out of his hand. Donald, Goofy, we're friends. Stop fighting me and fight the darkness. They said nothing, and the battle continued. One after the other, a dark ball joined in. Even invisibles appeared shortly after. While this was happening, Mickey and Aqua were working on closing the door. The first Kingdom Hearts of the, of the series. Well, not lore-wise, but numbered title-wise. Without having to worry about Riku, unfortunately, since he was still a part of Ansem, the two had no distractions, so both of them were able to make it to the door together. Mickey and Aqua's hearts sank, seeing the abomination of darkness they floated not too far from them. Mickey's grip tightened. As on his keyblade, not able to feel Sora's, Donald, or Goofy's light anymore. He wanted to fight more than anything, but this was not the right place for it. They barely escaped the dark margin with their lives. Kingdom Hearts was on the verge of being in Ansem's hands, and they lost a large chunk of their light. Their friends. Mickey chose to stay on the opposite end of the door as he did in the original version to close it. One keyblade was needed on either side to lock this door. We regroup at Master Yinsed's tower. I won't be far behind. Don't forget, Aqua. There will always be a door to the light. He hasn't won yet. Mickey couldn't believe after all this time he had finally found one of his three friends from a decade ago. His respect and concern for Aqua was immeasurable for what she must have gone through and what Terra and Ven must be going through to this day. Aqua didn't want to separate at first, but she understood the reasoning. Flashing back to the power Xehanort and Vanitas had gotten once they received the Keyblade. And what happened to Terra and Ven because of it? Never again! she exclaimed as she rose her keyblade above her head. Mickey exclaimed with her, Now, let's close this door for good. Mickey would do the same after he struck down the few dark side heartless that were closing in on him. It is futile, Ansem roared out as he fired everything he had at Aqua, coming to his senses. Not now, not ever. The door closed. Aqua has surrounded herself with a protective bubble 
she summoned a gateway, her armor, and transformed her master's old keyblade to escape. Meanwhile, Kyrie stood at the edge of the shore's remnants of Destiny Island, Destiny Islands, with no sight of Sora or Riku. The shores had slowly begun to rebuild themselves into the majestic place Sora, Riku, and Kyrie called home. The ocean, the greenery, all the colors returned and all the environment bloomed back into existence. All the colors returned as all the environment <laughs> bloomed back into existence. A blue light over the horizon then grew as shooting stars flew out of it into the sky, igniting the darkness with its beauty once more. She waited and waited, watching this remarkable resurrection, yet with sadness. Sora... Riku, where are you? she asked. A hand was then gently placed on Kairi's shoulder. I'm afraid Riku, Sora, and many others are in grave danger. I sense a strong light within you, Kairi. You have the power to fight. You have the power to save them. With our help. She turned around as he said this, seeing an older man with a bluey starry robe <laughs> with a blue starry robe and hat, a long gray beard, and of course with a grim look on his face. They're in danger? How do you know? Who are you? questioned Kyrie. Regretfully, I have seen it all, what they have done and gone through. I am Yin said. I have helped fight the darkness for many generations. I have let my age restrict me for far too long. He reached out his hands to hers. Do you wish to fight with me and save them? With resolve burning in her eyes, a quality of sores that rubbed off on her, she grabbed Yin said's hand and said, Yes. Well, there we go. <laughs> there is a snippet, uh, a part one of this wild idea I'd come up with after watching some of Cloudy McDoom's steam uh, streams. Excuse me, of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, he's currently doing a marathon, currently going through all the games. He started off with BBS and then Kingdom Hearts One, and at the time of this recording, is going through Chain of Memories. Uh, he is experiencing most of them for the first time, so it's been really fun. He. Uh, has played Kingdom he grew up playing Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, um, but he missed out on a lot of the games like many people have because Square Enix was like, hey, let's just release all these games across a bunch of different consoles. <laughs> I mean, I can't I can't lie. I didn't I didn't even know Chain of Memories was a thing until I saw it in a in a Toys R Us one day and thought why is this on the Game Boy Advance? I don't have a Game Boy. I guess I'm not playing this game then. <laughs> and then playing Kingdom Hearts 2, like, uh, I regret not playing that game. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so, yeah, but fortunately now in this generation, newcomers of the games can play like he is on the uh, all-in-one collection and be able to experience everything. So that's very good. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Cloudy McDoom. He 
his streams have inspired this idea of mine to um, kind of do this what if and kind of just have fun and see where Kingdom Hearts could have gone if um, Sora was the hero, but only for Kingdom Hearts 1 for the most part. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love Sora. I love all the characters, but I feel I, I'm a big I'm a big what if fan. So I got to. I always got to think about this sort of stuff from time to time. And this idea, even though it did originally start as an idea from watching Clyde and McDean, McDean, what in the world is with my, uh, oh man, I'm having some weird phrases come out today. So with Clyde and McDoom, uh, this idea that you, you've heard on the podcast today, I always had this idea where what if Kyrie was the protagonist of Kingdom Hearts 1 instead and she was the one who was trying to save Sora. And I kind of unfortunately had this thought process where because of how people think and the negativity that a lot of people have towards Disney, probably a lot of people would have thought this was a Disney princess game and thought, oh, it's just made for girls. You know, it probably wouldn't have networked as positively as it uh, did when it first came out. Uh, surely because unfortunately because of there being a girl protagonist even if you know they gave her outfits similar to Sora's you know more of a protagonist more of a fighting outfit I don't know I mean let's be honest if people saw the commercial like the original OG uh, commercial for Kingdom Hearts where uh, instead of Sora you see instead of Sora running around fighting stuff and it's Kyrie, I think people would have been more obliged but um, and don't get me wrong, I feel like Kingdom Hearts still would have been very successful, and I think it would have changed the game for a lot of um, people, uh, especially storytellers and just gamers in general, having this female protagonist, yet another female protagonist, I should say, um, in the game, but, well, in the, in the whole thing that is gaming, there are, nowadays, there are a pretty good number of female protagonists, but... Back then, it, there wasn't nearly as much. And with Disney, unfortunately, there aren't that many Disney princesses who are, I guess, who would impress enough gamers to get the game, I should say. Like, I definitely would have been for it if it, if it was like the same kind of design and all that. And I saw the commercials and because I originally saw Kingdom Hearts over a friend's house and I saw them play the game. I thought, okay, this is dope. So I, I definitely would have enjoyed it. But, and I feel like it's just one of those things. Cause I'm basing this off of what a lot of people have said over the years um, with Disney and whatnot. But I feel that a lot of the fans that grew up with Kingdom Hearts, I feel like we, a lot of us still would have been here regardless. And that's really good to see. So I'll leave it at that. And, Overall, yeah, that kind of started off as a fan fiction of me wanting to see what would happen. And this is basically a fan fiction here, but yeah. So it looks like we're kind of going to get us a, a little bit of a version of this with um, the next game, Melody of Memory, and whatever happens after that, since Kyrie is one of the many who's looking for Sora. But of course, it looks like she's going to be the main uh, protagonist for that game, which is pretty awesome. So. I do love what if stories if you didn't realize by now. I definitely wanted to see how I definitely want to see how this idea finishes because this change now sets a lot of different things in motion. First off, 
Kyrie's going to be in the mix a lot earlier than before. She's going to have um, a lot more training. And, you know, Aqua is now in the mix a lot sooner than before, uh, about two years sooner. Um, which also means the events of Chain of Memories and a few other plot points having uh, in, having in, involving Sora would go a lot differently and would be honestly more centered on Roxas and even Aqua, I would say. So, ooh. <laughs> Um, Ansem is now still around, which is scary to think about. So for sure, the next part would involve what would happen during the Chain of Memories event. And then part three would be centered around uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 and DDD. Um, I'm thinking Sora would probably around Kingdom Hearts 2 or DDD would actually like him, Donald Goofy. I want to say like them would be uh, saved probably around that time, just to kind of give you guys a teaser of what I'm thinking. Because I don't want Sora to be out of the picture for too long, because I don't want it to, I don't want to change it super, super uh, crazy, super crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, th th this alone is pretty, is a pretty big change, but I thought it'd be really cool. Uh, so I guess it probably would be about four parts, but I'm not sure as yet. It kind of depends on how long these episodes were. Like when I first tested this recording, it did not get to 30 minutes like it is right now. It was more like 15 minutes. <laughs> so uh, seeing Kyrie with the shooting star keyblade and dry forms has me hyped because that's where I'm going to go. I really want to see how Kyrie would would be with uh, like I, I do like the keyblade she has now, but. I don't like that they made it super girly, but I mean, it's not like all the female characters have girly stuff to them. Like Aqua doesn't have a girly keyblade and some of the other characters don't like the ones back in the day. So I guess we can get away with that because it's not like Kyrie's a tomboy or nothing. Like, mm, I don't know. It's not, it's not it's not bad to have a girly thing. It's nothing wrong with that. Um, So. I would like to ask what would you like to see happen in this mini series? Be sure to let me know, like I said, via rating on the show or DMing me on Instagram or shooting an email at nickluckandl at gmail.com with the subject, what if Sora lost? Uh, the email will be in the show notes below too. So I definitely want to put Yen Sid in the mix here too, but I'm not trying to change the entirety of the story. Like I said before, I'm not trying to change every stinking thing. Um, but as a teaser, even more so, I'm going to have Mickey and Aqua go after Ansem, and Kyrie is going to be trained exclusively by Yen Sid, an actual Keyblade Master, which is what should have been uh, what her and Axel got in Kingdom Hearts 3 instead of Merlin. No shade towards Mer Merlin, but training a person how to sword fight should be done by a swordsman, right? Not someone who, you know, just does magic. Just saying. But I don't know. Maybe maybe Merlin is a swordsman. You, you never know. This version of Merlin is very enigmatic. We don't really know much about him. All all we know is that he has Winnie the Pooh's book and has a has a little house in Hollow Bastion. Nothing really else about his backstory, which is kind of weird. But I don't know. Uh, I'm also going to avoid the fact that Yen Sid is labeled Keyblade Master No More, Ma uh, the mess that BBS tried to retcon, and I'm giving my I'm giving my boy Keyblade again. 
had a lot of fun with this idea. So I, I definitely want to have uh, Yen Sid more involved. I want him to have a Keyblade and actually go out in the fight. And yeah, I know he's like he's like Zaynort's age, but look at what Zaynort is able to do in Kingdom Hearts Three. I'm pretty sure Yen Sid could probably do a lot of that too. And I mean, come on, he's a he's a wizard. He can. I'm sure he can do some magic that'll make his body not creak and crack with every step he does. If he wants to do some Yoda jumps or something, I don't know. Can you imagine Yoda doing some crazy, or can you imagine Yin Sid doing some Yoda jumps? I mean, Mickey had to have gotten it from somewhere. Nah, nah, I don't know. I'm just babbling at this point. So, um, closing thoughts. Um, I'm really excited about these ideas, about the whole idea of bringing judge doom into this um using the darkness in a different way or not really different in a more so uncommon way where the disney villains aren't aren't just succumbing to their darkness but being manipulated by a puppet master and i think that's going to be a really cool thing cuz it's 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 playing on familiar tides but it's used in a different way, I feel. Because Maleficent, let's be honest, Maleficent manipulated the other villains in Kingdom Hearts 1. You know, you can tell in the in the game because there were many points in time where a lot of the villains didn't even know what was what were the plans that Maleficent was trying to do. And it's clear to me that she was going to hog it all for herself. Like... Captain Hook was like, literally said, what is she planning anyway when she was talking to Riku? And even Riku didn't fully know. She was just puppeteering them. And then, you know, like I said, and like we all know in the Kingdom Hearts 1 game, she was the biggest puppet of them all. <laughs> Thanks to Ansem. So. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try and make the both stories, I'm going to try and make them as unique as possible. I'm going to do my best to not have any have his little cliche moments, um, but I want to do some good fan servicing because Kyrie, I feel, has been slept on. Yen Sid, especially, has been slept on. Aqua has been slept on in Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, so I'm trying to... It, it's kind of based off of that, too. I want to just have more um, things like that and kind of bring more of the Disney back where they're not just sightline, but I, I do enjoy the organization, I really do, but I want to see more of the Disney. I just, I just really, I just really need these guys back in the fold. Cause that's, that's honestly, that is what made Kingdom Hearts 1 so special. I think when it was like that, it didn't feel as, for lack of a better term, it didn't feel as anime. And I love anime, but I just liked the, I liked that Disney was more of the focus, but it had, the the sprinkles the seasonings of final fantasy and anime tropes which kind of was the cherry on top so to speak you know and don't get me wrong the games still feel like disney games but i feel like the the mixture is i think it's good what they've done so far but i think going back to their roots a little bit for the next game would be awesome and having some final fantasy worlds would be dope too don't get me wrong um, instead of just strictly Disney and a couple unique um, original worlds, but I digress. Um, and another thing regarding Kyrie and the whole issue with what may have happened, what the sale was with the game. I don't know. I can't like thinking about it again. 
I feel that it may not have been a huge issue. I feel like a lot of people definitely would have been surprised. I think some people definitely would have been taken away from the game, seeing that the fem- a girl was a protagonist. But, I mean, you you get her with the, you know, the keyblade in hand. You see her doing all this awesome stuff. And I think a lot of people would have been just like, whoa. So I think initially the sales, if they didn't network it good, I think it may not have been as cool. But either way, I think it still would have been pretty dope. I just think a lot more people, I think it would have been a little controversial, but awesome at the same time. I'll leave it at that. And by controversial, I don't mean something like where it's on the news, like, oh, don't buy this game. I mean something along the lines of people... I think more people would have been like, oh, it's a Disney princess game. When No, it's just, I mean, she is a Disney princess, but it's not that type of Disney princess game where it's geared towards girls. I think that, I think a lot more people would have been originally saying it's geared more towards girls, but in reality, it's not. <laughs> All right, so I think that is it. I, I, I think I beat the horse a little bit more than I anticipated, but I wanted to get my thoughts across. Yes. And I'm just really inspired by um, Cloudy McDoom's content. Uh, the non-Kingdom Hearts content and the Kingdom Hearts content. And, I mean, he got me back onto Twitch and just watching the streams. And every time I'm watching the stream, I, I'm thinking of new Kingdom Hearts stuff to talk about. Um, uh, future episodes incoming. And this will be my last thought. <laughs> um Future uh, future thoughts would be the favorite Keyblades of the, uh, in each game. Uh, favorite bosses, um, bosses I would love to see. Um, things that would be f- cool features that would be awesome to have in future Kingdom Hearts games. And there are others I wrote down. I don't remember what they are. But yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. It is a little bit out of place, but I think it fits really well. I'm trying, I'm still learning this whole podcasting thing. I mean, yes, I'm 30 plus episodes in at this point, but I mean, that's compared to a lot of other podcasts out there who have been doing it for years. I got a lot to learn still, and I'm hoping this is uh, entertaining because that's the whole purpose of it and to get your gears uh, turning and get uh, engagement going on so there you have it may your heart be your guiding key ah the curtain call the door to kingdom hearts is closing for now but never forget there may be darkness in every heart but kingdom hearts is light special shout out to melanin senpai on youtube for producing the dope track used in the intro and the outro here so do be sure to send melanin senpai some love on youtube by liking commenting all that good stuff subscribing and the link to their channel is in the show notes below um as long as my other stuff to my link tree to all the other projects i'm working on like my instagram my other podcast aok and more if you enjoyed this episode do be sure to give it a rating if possible subscribe and or follow and share it with others so we can spread the darkness i mean the the light together of course if you'd like to be featured on the podcast do be sure to either send comments or questions via the rating 
or via Instagram at iam.iescape or at yourfavoriteheartless at gmail.com. Every little bit helps, and I love talking to my listeners. So until the door to Kingdom Hearts opens once again, this has been your favorite heartless. Now come, open your heart.